This episode of Turns Out I'm Into It is brought to you by the Harley Rabbit Audio Playhouse, a virtual club specialising in kink and BDSM audio fantasies. These aren't audiobooks, they're immersive audio experiences that put you in the story, allowing you to explore your deepest, darkest fantasies, all within the privacy of your own headphones. Specialising in CNC and other forms of sexual power play, these stories are not for the faint-hearted. But if you're curious, then follow the Harley Rabbit to harleyrabbit.com. Right now, we're offering listeners of this podcast a 25% discount on a fantasy of your choice. Use the code INTOIT23 at the checkout and see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hello, hello, I'm Harley Rabbit and welcome back to another episode of Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. I have got an extra special deep dive episode for you guys today where I interview Persephone Falls. Persephone is one of the first people I met in the Townsville kink community. She's the person who taught me what subspace is, and she's introduced me to a wide range of fun impact play implements, which she keeps in her bag of tricks, which is basically like a Mary Poppins bag of kink. Persephone is a great kink mentor. She is heavily involved in the local community, organizing the sub munches here. She is a self-professed sadomasochist, and we talk a lot about her love of pain in this episode. Seriously, at one point she just casually mentions taking 500 strikes of a cane. So that's a lot. Couple of disclaimers for this episode. Firstly, if you're squeamish, we do get into a good chat about needle play toward the end of this episode. So feel free to tune out if that is a bit much for you. But if you're curious about this lesser known branch of BDSM, then stick around. I'm sorry, guys, I had to. Secondly, please do not try any of the stuff we talk about at home without doing your own thorough research. Kink can be very dangerous and I don't want anyone to get hurt. Lastly, it happens to be really windy on the day that we recorded this interview, so there is some window rattles in the background at times. Not much I could do about that in post, so I am sorry about that and hope it's not too distracting. If you'd like to check out Persephone on FetLife, her username is Persephone Falls, no spaces, and that's Persephone spelt with a Y. You'll also find a link to her profile in the show notes, so you can check out some of her amazing pictures and videos on FET. I know this is a bit of a longer episode, and I did try to cut some of it down, but honestly, it was a great chat, and I think there's a lot of really valuable information in here, so I've decided to let it go for as long as it needs to be and I know you'll get a lot of value out of it. That's it for the intro. I hope you'll enjoy. Here is my chat with Persephone Falls. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Persephone, for coming on the show. You are, I mean, Slade was our official first guest, but I feel like that doesn't quite count because he is my partner, so. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to do this interview with you today. Um, there's lots of things, even though, even though we know each other quite well, there's lots of things I haven't asked you. So I'm excited to learn a lot more about your kink journey and, yeah, dive into some of these questions. Yeah, cool. I'm pretty excited to do this as well. Yay. <laughs> the first thing I wanted to ask you about is your name, Persephone Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, and you generally go by Persephone as your kink name. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about the story behind that name and why you chose it? Yeah, so um, I'm not sure if you know much about Greek mythology. Probably not enough. No. Probably not enough. Okay, so me as so to start off with, I joined FetLife like when I was 18. Wow. Yep. I knew it existed, and I was one of those good kids who was like, uh, "The site, you must be 18 to join." So I'm like, "Oh, okay, I better wait until I'm 18." Aww. So I did. <laughs> So I had this name ready to go. And so I'm an early adopter, I guess you could say, yeah, of FetLife. I going to say, FetLife hasn't been around that long. So you must have so been... So 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah, was when I first joined. You're an OG. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you look at my um, user number, it's like quite a lot smaller than most of everyone else's. 
Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't so much a case of having to find a name that no one else had. It was more finding a name that represented me and my journey. Yeah. And <clears throat> if you know anything about Persephone, the Greek goddess, um, she was basically kidnapped by Hades and taken to the underworld. Mm. And so Persephone Falls um, is being taken to the underworld, to the dark side. But on the flip side of that, she's actually becomes the queen of the underworld. So she takes her power back. Wow. So, so she was originally taken from her... Um, yeah, yeah, she's like the goddess of flowers in spring. Wow. And, um, yeah, so it's it's part of the Eleusian mysteries. Um, her mother is Demeter, the goddess of like summer and the um, harvest. Okay. Um, and so when Persephone was taken by Hades, kidnapped, um, Demeter, her mother through a hissy fit and that's why we now have seasons because um she's like well I'm not doing my job until I get my daughter back and Zeus did a deal between the two of them yeah Hades and Demeter because Persephone had no say in it because of course not yeah (laughs) yep um so she gets six months on earth with her mum Demeter and that's when we have spring and summer and then six months of the year she's with Hades ruling the underworld with him. Wow. And that's why we have autumn and winter. That's how they explained it anyway. That's an amazing story. Mm. In case you're not aware, because this is obviously an audio format, it's Persephone, P-E-R-S-E-P-H-O-N-Y, which is not how you correctly spell it, but my my government name ends in a Y. So Oh, so that made it more So personal. I was just like, yeah, let's let's spell it with a Y. Oh, yeah, that makes it more individual to you yeah. then. And what about Persephone specifically resonates with you other than just being a complete badass, basically? I just love, like, the the duality of, like, she's spring and flowers, but she's also queen of the underworld. Right, she's got um, different she, sides. Yeah, so, like, she's she's a bit of a switch. Yep. Um, I also like that she's sort of... You know, that that story is very, like, to me, BDSM-y. Like, when you read those, you know, trashy novels that we all read. (laughs) um, Yeah. Oh, no, she was kidnapped against her will. It was totally against her will. (laughs) You know, a bit of CNC, a bit of... Yeah. So I I just really, like, when I read the story, I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm, yeah, taken to the dark side. Awesome. Well, I'd love to ask you more about your kink journey early on. So you mentioned that you joined FetLife at the legal age of 18. Well done. Um, And so how did you come across the platform? What made you join? What made you curious about kink in the beginning? Well, I think um, I'm a big reader and I think, no, I don't think, I know that that's where it started you know, reading a novel and there was, like, some spanking in it and I was like, Mm. oh, what's this? And I probably would have been, like, 12, 13. Wow. So, like, really young. Yeah. And uh, this is ageing me, but, like, when I was 12 or 13, what's that? That's 2000, 2001. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the internet is barely existing at that stage yep so when you type into google existed so when you type into google spanking things come up (laughs) and i think that that was sort of the journey of learning what to click on what not to click on i got really good at researching oh wow okay um and so there were a few websites that you could join um, which were like forums. Mm-hmm. We, you remember forums, yeah, right? Yeah, back in the day, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> that's um, the majority of the internet was forums and MSN Messenger, I think. Yeah, so that's what I, I did. I had these websites and some of them were not as scrupulous scrupulous, scrupulous as um, FetLife where they had age limits. So I know I was on Colomy. Okay. Um, do not recommend. Okay. Does it still exist? I haven't looked into it. Okay. It scarred me for life. Oh. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about 
FetLife currently is problematic for many reasons, but it was a safe haven 15 years ago um, compared to the other websites that existed um, around and the things that people would do. And what made FetLife different at the time? Oh, it was just more about community. It really, really um, sort of – because its tagline is – Facebook for kinky people. Yep. And that's what it really was back in my day. <laughs> um, and it was a really great place to meet people, go to events um, yeah. and actually foster a community yeah. and learn things. Yep. Some of the things that I've gotten into I would never have known existed. Right. If that life didn't exist and I wasn't I'm on the there. same. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place to learn and learn from real people too. Like you're seeing yeah. real people. Well, that's because you're, you're following yeah. the people that are doing it. Yeah. What else happened in those early years as you were discovering yourself in kink? Um, unfortunately, um, bad things. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like I think we, we talk about frenzy. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're new to the kink community, you just want to do everything all at once. Yeah. It's um, you, so everything's so exciting. And yeah. You just want to dive right in. Your yep. eyes have finally been opened. And not only that, but you've also got acceptance. So it's no longer like a hidden secret, like there's something wrong with you. It's like, oh, no, this is, this is a thing yeah. and it's okay that it's a thing. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden you feel so free and you want to do everything all at once yep. and you don't um, you don't really pay attention to all the safety and, you know, safe, sane, consensual or, you know, risk-aware kink um, practices, risk-aware, mm. what is it, rack, risk-aware, consensual kink. Yep. Um, yeah, as a newbie, 18-year-old, 15 years ago, um, so when was that? That was, you know, 2000, 2007, 2008. There wasn't, there wasn't the information that we have today. Mm-hmm. There wasn't the safety that we have today. Internet dating was relatively new. Mm. And quite controversial, I think, still at the time. Uh-huh. So I did really stupid things and I don't want to victim blame myself like stupid things like meeting people when I shouldn't have. Right. Um, not vetting people. Yep. Um, well, I was going to ask you, what would your, if you could give advice to someone. Oh, well, I to- do. That's why I run the sub munches and the subgroup because right. I'm like, I don't want what happened to me mm-hmm. to happen to anyone else. No one should have to go through with those things just because they're, young 18 year old and submissive you know those three things so young young female submissive (laughs) it's like the trifecta for a predator isn't it yeah um and so yeah so I work really hard to combat that um because it's it's not okay it shouldn't be everyone's journey everyone shouldn't have that experience of course not yeah um, I think um, it just brings up for me, like I got into kink about um, maybe two and a half, three years ago. So I'm still very new to this space. And part of me really regrets not getting into it earlier because I've known that I've been into it since as far back as I can remember. I talk about being young and being curious about these things, but I never had the confidence to really chase after it um, until recently. So in, in some ways I feel like oh, I've missed out on a lot of those fun years, but the flip side of that is I've come into kink as a much more mature, confident person that I think has the confidence to establish boundaries. And, and the tools, it, yeah. Exactly, yeah. whereas I, I wouldn't have had that at 18, 19. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Especially it's... Especially 15 years ago when, <laughs> like, you couldn't just Google how to vet someone. Right. Like, that didn't exist. That information wasn't as mm. available. Yeah. yeah. But even still now, I think um, you sort of take for granted how much wisdom and confidence you gain through life and oh, yeah. forget how much of that wasn't there. But you when think you, you were know younger. it all, though. Oh, of course. I'm not- 
That's part of the problem too, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, I mean, what are some of the what are some of the things that you would tell people that newbies to the scene at a sub munch to make sure that they're yeah, being safe? I think my number one my number one rule that sounds really strict, but um, <laughs> I know rules can be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think my number one piece of advice. There we go. Yep. We'll phrase it that way. Is you should never play with someone you can't say no to. I love that. Um, so, you know, we, we come into these communities, um, and there are people who've been around, um, who are well-respected and, or you've got someone you, you're just head over heels for like in Mm. last straight away, you still need to be able to say no, because if you can't say no, then you should not be playing these, these. Absolutely. Yeah. As someone that I think, I don't want to generalise here, but I think it is difficult for a lot of people to say no Um, and I'm definitely one of those people. This is something that I've gotten a lot better at but do still struggle with from time to time. But one thing that helped me was this realisation of when I'm playing with someone and if, if, and and say they're they're a good person, they're not a bad person, Um, but if, they ask me to do something that I don't really want to do, but I just say yes because I don't want to please them. I want to please them. You don't want to say no. Yeah. Or you don't want to create a hassle or. Right. Oh, there's so many reasons that go through your head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I say yes to something ultimately that I don't want to do, and they would find out that I'd done something that I didn't really want to do, they would be horrified. So you're actually doing your partner a huge disservice if you're not honest about your boundaries. Yeah, they're trusting you. Yeah. People who um, people who are actually in, you know, are, are dominant. I'm not – don't want to generalise, um, but people who are dominant or tops, they're putting a huge amount of trust in the bottom or the submissive to withhold those boundaries. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think everyone talks about the, the fact that the submissive is trusting the top with their life in some cases, Mm. depending on the activity. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the inverse is also very true. Like it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that newbies definitely don't recognize or understand. You know, everyone talks about how vulnerable the submissive is and that's true. Like let's not take away from that. No, but also there is that that vulnerability that that top or dominant is also experiencing because they're not mind readers. Right. How, how do they know if you don't say anything? Yeah. And obviously there are bad people out there, but, you know. The majority of people, I would say, don't actually want to hurt someone or cross no. their boundaries. Yeah. Well, I hope they want to hurt me. But. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Yes. Yeah. But no. like, yeah, I think that's my number one piece of advice. Like you need to be able to say no. I love that. That's And that's as a top answer. as well. Like that goes for a top. Yep. It goes for uh, a bottom. Either way, you need to be able to say no. Excellent. Now, speaking of being hurt, yeah, <laughs> I am dying to ask you about masochism. Mm-hmm. So you identify as a masochist, is that right? I well, technically, I think I identify as a sadomasochist. Oh, delicious! Yeah. I want to hear about the difference in those. Yeah, first so, of all, um, I've had a bit of a, well. This goes back to the the kink journey where I always thought of myself as a submissive. Um. And, like, you know, there are different categories of submissive, like, if you go into it. And I was always sort of, like, an alpha submissive. Okay. So Can you like, explain what that means? Because I'm confident and I take charge. Um, right. I'm quite happy to lead others. Like, it doesn't it doesn't drain me or it doesn't I'm, – I'm quite – What's the word for it? I'm quite dominant in in my day-to-day life. Yes, yeah. And I choose to submit. And if you – it depends on your, you know, school of thought. Everyone has a different opinion on all that. So I always thought that I was just submissive but I was just 
confident. Yep. Turns out, no. Okay. <laughs> turns out I'm into it. Um, <laughs> turns out I'm actually more of a switch. But what I do identify more as is, is as a sadomasochist. So I like inflicting pain and I like having pain inflicted. Um, I, I'm not so much of a, uh, a, a dom. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a top. So I okay. don't, I don't do rules or, um, rules or regulations or yep. <laughs> stuff like that. Yep. I like play scenes and, and, and things like that. So I'm not, I'm not the type of person to give you homework like, um, or you must check in with me at this time or that time. Yep. I see my play style as being for a scene. Okay. Yep. So setting up a, um, either like an impact play session mm-hmm. or a role play type scenario. Yeah. And yep. then once it's done, you know, obviously we've got aftercare and debriefing and, yep. and stuff like that, but it's not, um, it's not a role that I inhibit 24 seven. Right. That, you know, some people, that's what they get satisfaction out of. And sadomasochism sounds like, or sadomasochist sounds like it's more to do with the pain side of things. Oh, yeah. That's where your interests lie the most or your kinks lie the most. Yeah. With- so I think I I was very lucky to be in a relationship um, with a really great sadist and it was at that point where they they said to me you know external validation is everything lol <laughs> um and they said to me like you're a pain slut and i'm like oh and they're like mm, i'm going to use the term normal people even though i don't like it but yeah. what is normal yeah they were like normal people don't don't take what you've just taken mm. and and smile afterwards <laughs> Like you like pain and it was like that moment for me of going, do I? I think I do. And it wasn't until someone had brought my attention to it because previously pain had always been just part of a scene or a role play. Right. <clears throat> I'd never had like um, someone who was like, okay, we're just going to do pain because they were a sadist. So that's what they were into. Yep. So, yeah, so someone telling me, like, you know, that external validation of, like, this isn't this isn't normal, what normal people think and feel when they're going through this amount of pain. So, yeah. So tell me about what that's like. What is your experience of pain? Um, well, this is one of those things where it's like you don't realise what you're – going through isn't what everyone else is going through exactly. until you talk about it yeah, yeah. or someone says something to you. Yeah. So I think I just, I just go to my happy, quiet place. Um, depends, depends on the style. Some people, um, you know how you've got bratty brats. You've also got bratty doms and bratty tops mm-hmm. who, you know, if I go too quiet, they like to get noises out of me. <laughs> Yeah, but I just sort of sink into myself and it's it's not even about enduring, you know, because mm. um, I know some people from conversations, they're like, oh, I can endure it. It's like, no, I'm just there absorbing it. Like I'm not fighting it. I'm not trying to, you know, grip my teeth and bear it. I am part of the pain. I'm experiencing the pain. I'm... Mm. I am at one with the pain. <laughs> so um, it sounds like you're not trying to get to the other side of it. No. You're, it's about that experience itself. Yeah. And it's it's just, I mean, I don't know a word to describe it. It is just the most intense but gentle thing at the same time. Gentle is an interesting yeah. word to use. It's like... You know when you wake up and you you know you don't have anywhere to be, your alarm, like you don't even have an alarm that day because like you don't have anywhere to be mm-hmm. and it's cold outside but you're snuggled in warm. That's a good day. Yep. Yeah. That feeling is what I experience. Wow. It's like gentle. It's almost like and, – and obviously that's my body chemicals, my endorphins and, and all that coming into play. Yeah. 
But for me, that's what it is. It's like that that gentle, there's nowhere for me to be, nothing that I need to do. Everything from my mind is completely wiped. I'm just Mm. here in the moment experiencing this. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think that type of feeling seems to come up a lot in kink. I think different people get to that place in different ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it does really seem like this way to escape life and be in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess what we call subspace. Yep. Yeah. But does it, so getting to subspace can be tricky and it can take a good top to get you into that place. Mm. So it's not like you, well, I mean, maybe I could be wrong about this, but for, in my experience, if I'm doing impact play or something, if they go really hard, really quickly, and I haven't got all those lovely brain chemicals going yet, um, that can take me out of it or it can feel bad or it doesn't feel like a good pain it feels too much and that can really take away from the experience so does it take you a while to get to that place or there are different types of pain I think in my perspective there is um you know an intense scene where we've done a warm-up and we've built up and now you know we're up to like a 500th cane or whatever um Really? 500th? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I'm such a pansy. (laughs) (laughs) See what I mean? But I I didn't know that that wasn't normal until someone was like, "Mm." (laughs) that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also who would do that except a sadist? Yeah. You know, like no one, no one's got time for 500 gains unless you get something out of it. So, So it was just a unique sort of confluence of me and that status yep. being in a relationship and and f- discovering that part of me so very grateful for that but <laughs> yeah different types of pain so like punishment mm-hmm. that hurts and that doesn't get me to subspace that doesn't make me feel happy but I kind of still like it. I was going to say, it still has to be a positive thing though. Like we can't, yeah. We're not looking at abuse here. <laughs> it's still a um, consensual fun activity. but Yeah, but punishments are not supposed to feel good. They're supposed to, yeah. Um, so what would you describe as a punishment? Like you said, going in hard and fast okay. with no warm-up. Yep. Um, that's a different type of pain for me. Yep. But, yeah, I still vibe it. Like, for example, um, I have a partner now and we do very creative pain play um, for reasons. And um, he doesn't like me getting too into my head. Okay. So. Does that detract from the experience for you? Because it sounds like going into your. No, not at all. It's just a different different way of experiencing the pain. And. Also, there's a little bit of the the sub-dom dynamic where I want to please them. So, yes. So that's also at play here as well. But, like, if I get too quiet or if I get too spacey, mm-hmm. then I might get something really hard, you know, on the inner thigh because that's my soft spot yep. um, to take me out of that and bring me back to reality, I guess. <laughs> right, yep. Um. And I wouldn't call red on that because that's still enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, like, he's a bit of a brat. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but all of it is enjoyable for me. And I think it gets really complicated when you're playing with someone that you really like because you want to please them and you want to so that's that's part of it you're enjoying it because they're enjoying it and yeah. you're enjoying it because what you're experiencing you're enjoying and it's just so many layers of oh my god this is amazing <laughs> that yeah. you know it's really hard to pick apart so yeah. there's is yeah there's a lot interesting going on like there questioning me and I'm like hmm I don't I don't know if I know the answer to that that is a perfectly good answer <laughs> it is really difficult to what's the word articulate those yeah. feelings it's it's not a logical headspace it's a very no, like, deep although some intra- like some 
um, I have a, a psychologist that I see regularly and she actually asked me, cause I'm autistic. She asked me, do I experience, um, I'm going to say this wrong. Let me try and interoception. And that's basically feeling your body. So mm-hmm. like, am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Do I need to go to the toilet? Am I in pain? And typically people with autism have really low interoception. Oh, okay. Um, it's, or they can have really high interoception. So yeah. it's, it's a bit of a wild card draw. Yeah. Um, but nothing's ever right in the middle. It's always too much or not enough. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so my therapist looked at me and she goes, what's your experience with pain? And it just, I, I laughed and um, I was like, look, you know, I'm into BDSM. Well, I would say I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a masochist. And she's like, well, that makes sense that you would need to experience more pain than what, a, you know, neurotypical person would to get the same level of feeling yeah and so I found that very fascinating so I don't know if that plays into it as well like that's why I'm such a masochist because it's part of what (laughs) makes you you and your experience so I'd say it's definitely got to do with that yeah yeah I've just found that super fascinating so yeah so I highly recommend finding a therapist that is kink friendly yeah um and is willing to explore all those sorts of thoughts and ideas with you with no judgment because yeah it was just absolutely fascinating so me and my therapist are sitting there and like I'm giggling and she's like well yeah okay that there it is (laughs) so yeah I think kink itself can be can give us a lot of insight into what's going on in our psychology as well right yeah I've learned so much about myself like just trying to understand why I'm into certain things why some things feel good why some things will trigger me yeah um and and I think uh, the reason for that riffing off what you said is because the biggest one of the biggest parts of kink I should say mm-hmm. is being able to articulate that to your partner so you have to think about why am I into that why am I not into that what about it is it that does it for me because yeah so much of what we do is about communicating yes. with your partner yeah so you have to think about these things that you've never really thought about before because it's just yeah. it is what it is yeah but that's not an answer you can give someone who is, you know, wielding a cane or, <laughs> or that sounded threatening, but you know what I meant. <laughs> yeah. When you've got to communicate that with another person and the, the specifics about what you like. And sometimes that can be, there can be these really subtle differences um, right, between yeah. person to person that like I was reading the other day, um, an example of this is if you like being called a slut in bed, but and a lot of people do, but... How dare you call me that outside the bedroom? <laughs> yeah, like... Well, that's a whole... But more um, the difference between the term slut and whore. Oh, okay. So this is something that for a lot of people, they're interchangeable, doesn't really have much difference. But for other people, those terms might hold very different meanings. Yeah, of course. So, um, and for me, I actually thought I kind of relate to this. I mean, I like both, but for me, the term slut is more weirdly empowering it's a a woman who really wants sex and enjoys sex and is really has agency yeah yeah um whereas a whore is more bought and paid for kind of thing which really plays into my what I like like that word can really get me going so oh thank you (laughs) so like yeah that's something that I've never really broken down before yeah so why I like certain words oh God, I'm going to go away, like, thinking. (laughs) Give me something to think about. Yeah, but when you're communicating this sort of stuff with a partner, I mean, these are the things that you find out. You'll be like, oh, actually, I didn't didn't like you calling me that or I really liked you calling me that. Why is that, you know? And then you have to think about why. Why is that? (laughs) Yeah. And, like. Sometimes the answer is it is what it is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, like that doesn't me. have to be it. You don't have to justify why you're into well, it. One stuff. time when I was a small child, like something happened to me and it gutted my whole. Yeah. yeah. No, sometimes it's just like I just like pain. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of pain, <laughs> I really want to ask you about some of the ways that you enjoy pain. So you mentioned needle play mm-hmm. um, earlier in this episode and 
I find that this is something that I, I see on FET a lot that a lot of people are afraid of. Something common that I see is people will say, I'm, I'm up for pretty much everything except scat, blood and needles. I will say that. Um, but I've been lucky enough to know a couple of people who were into needle play and, and saw that very early on in my kink journey. So it feels very normal to, you know. See, that's one of the hard things. Like I, I forget because I'm so into um, my top three, impact play, shibari and needle play, I'm so desensitised mm-hmm. to how extreme those three could be to someone else. Yep. Because in our friend group, that's what we do. Yep. Those, those. I can't think of any other sort of play that we would have seen at, at, at our local party or anything like that. Those are the three things that we see. So we are desensitized to it to a certain extent. Um, so, um, can you maybe explain to, um, exactly what needle play oh, is? Oh, sure. So, oh, oh <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not an expert at this at all, but for me, needle play is just inserting needles into the dermis. So the top layer of the skin, um, generally speaking, it's a through and through. So by that, I mean, it's sort of like threaded through the top layer of the skin. So you've got the hub um, at one end and the pointy bit has exited the skin and is coming up. Right. So it goes in and in, under and out. Yes. Yep. Sometimes it goes in, under, in, under, in, under, and then out. Depends oh, wow. on how good you are and how long your needles are. Yep. Um, some people, there are different schools of thought so there are some areas of the body that people think are okay to just fully stab a short needle into okay um so no in and out just just in okay um but acupuncture style yeah um but i have not experienced that so i'm yeah not familiar with it and like even for me i'm like yeah look at your face like we're both desensitized to normal normal <laughs> needle play but both of us are like mm, that seems like a bit much well it, it's not it's not so much i mean i'm like i don't know what's under there like how the safety it's the safety that concerns that gets me, me. Yeah. yeah it's just to be very cautious with these kinds of things because obviously uh, needles i would say is a higher risk kick, oh definitely right? so yeah so basically needle play actually carries the same risk that you would have from getting day surgery Wow. Mm-hmm. And is that because of infection? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So infection control is one of the biggest things and it needs to go both ways. So again, like I, like we were talking about earlier, um, we look at um, the, the bottom um, being the vulnerable one, but in needle play, the top is also super vulnerable um, because it's sharps play. You're playing with, sometimes hundreds of needles mm. and all it takes is one one wrong move on either part and you've got um, contamination either way, both ways. Um, so, yeah, it's highly dangerous um, for that reason. But nothing quite feels like needles so i <laughs> it's en- worth i engage in it but um, you do so as like you take a lot of um a lot of precautions with I, i've seen you when you you've done needles oh yeah before so, you've got um the medical grade sterilized needles that you use oh yes yeah never reuse needles <laughs> right never reuse needles single single use they're bought from the medical store so they're the same ones that you get at a hospital yep Probably fancier <laughs> at a fancy hos- hospital. And you've also got a Sharps um, Sharps container, container for yep. disposal. Yep. Um, that well, you can get from any pharmacy. Yep. Really. Um, you wear gloves as a barrier, um, sanitizer, and then basically you alco. I prefer to use alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use like chlorhexidine and other things, um, to sanitize the skin. 
that you're going to be. I use the term stabbing. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't mean like psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's funny because sometimes I forget that I'm just casually using, yeah, oh, yeah, I stabbed someone on the weekend. And then I'm like, <laughs> if someone's not in the know, that just, yeah. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, so, you know, and you talk about your risk profile. So, like, the last time I was tested for bloodborne diseases. Yep. I'm up to date with my vaccines, with Hep B, those sorts of things. And I think I'm very lucky that I have my medical background because I'm aware of those things and it terrifies me when I see new people come into the the needle space who Mm. you don't know if you don't know Mm. and they don't don't know to ask for these things. So... That's why it's so good to see stuff on FetLife yep. and be able to, you know, ask questions and follow these people. And be exposed to those. Be exposed pra- to it, practices. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm constantly learning. Um, yeah. No needle stick injuries so far, so oh, <laughs> knock on wood. Find some wood around here. <laughs> That's my head. <laughs> Slade, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's just it's something that is just unlike anything else. Um, and it it's interesting because I've had two people um, needle me at the same time. Oh wow! And one of them is uh, taught by a needle player. Okay. And the other one had a medical background and was then doing needle play. So it was... Lots of experience there then. Yeah, it was kind of funny because the person who was doing, um, who had no medical background, um, they were also, they're both sadists. Of course, yep. Um, I think you kind of have to be to do needle play. (laughs) There has to be a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Yeah, so the one with no medical background was just really hitting my buttons, like really getting me good. Oh, in, in a good way. In a good way, yep. yeah, in a good way. Um, and old mate over the other side with the medical experience was just doing really, you know, precise, efficient. Um, and I was like, go a little bit slower or do it a little bit harder like right well I guess if you've got a background in in coming from a medical background your aim is typically to reduce pain be effective make it quick um whereas you're looking for the opposite of that yeah I want the experience of of the needle slowly sliding through the skin (laughs) popping out the other side oof So one day you'll you will get you there. <laughs> Coming from someone, actually, speaking of needles, I had a massive needle phobia as a kid, like completely traumatized by them. And I remember I was lucky enough to be invited to one of these events where um, some local girls were doing some needle play. And even though it's not something that I personally want done to me, just the fact that I could watch that happen I could see needles in this context where it was so positive and the person was really enjoying themselves oh yeah it was just mind-blowing to me and really positive it's it's helped me become a lot more comfortable with them just even in a medical context that's really great to hear so it's kind of like exposure therapy maybe (laughs) yeah well it's just it's not this big scary thing like it doesn't have to be that it can be actually something's really positive yeah. Yeah. Super positive. <laughs> so is it about mostly about the pain to you and the sensation? Because I know yes. a lot of the needle play you'll see on FetLife, you've got these beautiful patterns. and Yeah. So I describe it when I first started playing because um, I went from being a needle bottom to a needle top. And I, I kind of – it's like I've inherited the, the, the person who was my primary needle top I do needles very much like they do. Right. Um, well, I guess you would know what that felt like. and Yeah, and I just think that it, 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 it's something that amuses me, but we are both very much about the making it hurt and right. or as the needle bottom, like, feeling the hurt. Um, 
I'm not going to be doing pretty patterns and pictures. I'm about how it feels, not how it looks. Interesting. That's that's my my style of needle topping. So is there kind of a divide there in the, the needle enthusiast community? I there? don't I don't think there is. Okay. I don't think mm, it's I've, more of a I've preference never, then. I've never come across it. Okay. I've never come across like a we think we're better or you know, the right. sort of um what's the word for it? The the there's no controversy. There's no I think we're all like, yeah, needles are great. Yeah. Um, however you want to do them, as long as it's safe, sane, consensual, you're minimising the risks, like yeah. you're doing the right things. Like if you, yeah, if it looks like a higgledy-piggledy mess, as long as you're happy with it, like yeah. Yeah. who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's about yeah. your experience. Yeah. So I think um, out of all the separate little communities that I'm involved in, um, I think the needle play community is probably the most just chill. Like you there's, there's no instantly friends because you're you're yeah, into that. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're one of my people. There's no like mm, that line could be a bit straighter. Right. Like there's 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 none of that yep. from what I've seen of it and what I've experienced in it. It's all about like yeah, high elbows because we're not high fiving. <laughs> well. Apparently we've been chatting for a while, so I'm going to have to wrap this up soon. Um, but I do want to ask you a little bit about um, one particularly, what's the word? Just I'm going to say amazing thing that I've seen done with needles um, is the zipper. And this is, I nearly said viewers then, listeners, <laughs> If you're a little bit queasy about this stuff, you mightn't want to hear this next story. But if you are curious about the needle space, this is quite fascinating. So I'd love, um, Persephone, if you could explain what a zipper is and what that feels like. Yeah. So zippers, um, and if you haven't switched off, you can actually do this with pegs as well. So you're not um, actually doing it with needles and piercing the skin. You can do it with pegs. But basically, the the principle. Oh, you're you're intrigued now. I am. You? I can handle pegs. Yeah, or you think you can. Or well, maybe not. Yeah, it's more painful than you think, you're especially gonna... when you're doing it as a zipper. So yeah. what what you do is you basically you're um, in the case of needles, you're threading ribbon, thread, anything that's long that you can pull and that you can sterilize. Yep. You're threading that through um the needles so that effectively you can just pull that thread and all of the needles will will come out in sequence I think is the way to yep. say that yep. is that a good description yeah for it? so do they go I'm just trying to think how you so they're closest to the hub wait what's, so what's the hub the, the hub is the colored part okay you see but... at the so you've got the hub the shaft Hey. And the tip. Okay. And so the hub is what is connected to the syringe. Yep. Um, in hospitals and stuff like that. So you've got to have it closest to the hub so it's not just pulling off the needle. Right. It needs to, yeah, pull against the hub. So if you imagine pegs, you've got the pegs squishing your skin. You've got the ribbon above above the skin in between the peg. Right. So, so when you pull it, it's like, it's almost like pulling a rip cord or a, a lawnmower cord, except obviously you're doing it, if you're doing it with needles, you're doing it slower and safer because you don't want flying needles. Right. Um, yeah, you're basically uh, using it to remove pegs or needles in a way that would be much faster and in sequence. So... Yeah. So it's like an actual zipper. You're just pulling one end and zzz, they all yeah, come out. They all come out. And we I've done a few experiments with them. Um, oh, sorry, I should say I've had a few experiments done on me. <laughs> and the slower you pull, the more it hurts. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And you say that, she's saying that with a nice cheeky yeah. smile on her yeah. face there. <laughs> um, the first time we did it, we thought like faster would 
would be I don't I don't know why we just thought faster and well, I was faster like faster sounds like more force I guess mm, yeah but you don't want force because you don't like I said you don't want to flying needles right. so you're also you want to be very sort of like, yeah it's mm. it's the duality of we want this controlled but we also want to zip yeah. unzip this yeah and yeah, I've got some great videos and I make some great noises in those videos. Have you seen them? <laughs> I, I believe one of my first introductions to you was a, one of your zipper videos. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and we still talk, so that's, uh, that's good. I, I was fascinated. I'm like, I yeah. want to get to know this girl. But like oh, we, did, we did a quick zipper pull and I was like, I barely felt that. Really? Yeah, it was like it was just over too quickly. Wow. Like it was like it's like effectively ripping off a band-aid. Yeah. When you think about it, it's like a quick sharp pain over and done with. Yeah, it's done. But if you slowly pull the band-aid off, yeah, I'm saying that with a grin on my face again, <laughs> but if you're like slowly peeling it and it's just sticking to you and yeah, that's it and like a zipper pull cuz when you think about it, it's angling the needles. So mm-hmm. there's tension on them and it's angling them so they're sort of dragging against where they've gone, like their their puncture holes. Yeah. So they're not coming out as cleanly as they went in. Right. They're going out on a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, going to be adding to that yeah. sensation. <laughs> yeah. Great sensation. So... Um, but, yeah, you can do it with um, some string and some pegs and I highly recommend it. You should look up some videos of it because yeah. it's, it's cool and the shrieks, like, Oof. yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, I think that's how we figured out you could do it with needles. We saw it with pegs first and then um, I was like, surely this is a thing that you do with needles and then looked it up on Fat Life and found it. And I was sure like, is. sure is. Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. I love it. <laughs> and like, as as I said, the, it, this seems to be a type of kink that people are a bit afraid of. Um, have you noticed much stigma around it? Like when you've mentioned it? <laughs> no. Well, yes. Okay. So once, um, once that I've experienced, I was um, on a first date um with someone who was curious but i would say had previous experiences entirely vanilla okay um and they were like oh can i see your fat life and i'm like well i don't know if you're ready for this <laughs> yeah but you need to be aware that i'm into some things and that's like sometimes i forget that needle play is like quite severe to other people cuz yeah. i'm just sorry it's normal for normal you. for me. Yeah. So like uh I did actually warn this guy and then he messaged me the next day and he's like I don't think we're compatible. <laughs> um and I'm like Fair oh enough. that's I thought we got on great. Like I didn't say that to him cuz like a no is a no. Um and then he followed it up with like that needle stuff is really intense. So that's how I knew <laughs> that that was the specific. That was a bit of a deal breaker for but, him. But, yeah, I think my experience has been people being overwhelmed by kink in general. Right, but it's not specifically. N- not really ever specifically and not- needles or needle play, which is interesting because one of our good friends is really needle phobic, mm. super needle phobic. Um, and they're always there when we're doing needle play. Um, yeah, I think we're doing exposure therapy for them as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. it sounds like the kink community seems to be generally pretty accepting of it then. Yeah, I think um, particularly where, like, I don't know, have you mentioned the town that we're in? Yeah. We, yeah. So I think Townsville in particular has... Um, a few needle players in it who yeah. engage in needle play. So I think everyone who comes to these events and munches and stuff like that, I think we're slowly desensitizing everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like if if me, uh, like, hello, this is the first thing that you see of me. Look at me pull a zipper. <laughs> Yay. Like that says a lot about our community, right? Yeah. I think that's great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
good. If you, I'm if glad you, you think that. it's great. <laughs> no, it's part of what makes it exciting is seeing new and different things, being exposed to stuff you haven't seen before. Because that's how you find out what you might be into. Like, yeah. as you said, you might have watched Fifty Shades of Grey and gone, oh, I wouldn't mind some handcuffs. And then you're in this Yeah, next thing hole. you're Googling. <laughs> and whoo. And suddenly you're, you're being exposed to things that you probably didn't even know existed. Well, that's definitely been my experience anyway. Yeah. I think a lot of it has just been validation mm. that this is okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what community really brings to kink. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously you can, you don't have to go to munches. You don't have to have kinky friends, you know, but. It really brings that sense of validation that I'm not, well, yeah, I am weird, but <laughs> like not I'm not lying. weird because of liking these things. Right. They're just part of me. It's like my sadomasochism is just like I'm bisexual and I'm polyamorous. They right. are just intrinsic parts of who I am and I've always sort of known that that's who I am, but I've not always had the words to describe it. Yeah. Um, and part of the the motivation to do this podcast is that for a lot of people that are kinky and might, and don't have a community around them, there can be a lot of shame attached to these desires or you mightn't understand them and, and feel like it's wrong to be into these, these things. Yeah, um, shame is a really heavy emotion to have. Yeah, but when we talk about it openly and um, have – opportunities for meetups and and online things like FetLife I think that is really doing a lot of good in helping people realize they're not alone yeah 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 I I would agree with that yeah I think one of my I've mentioned on the show before one of my favorite moments early on was at um a kink party it was the first time I ever got to be in a cage um and that's something I've fantasized about most of my life and the fact that I was at this party. I didn't know the hosts very well and there was a lot of people at the party I didn't know. Um, but I got in that cage and got taken out onto the, the grass in front of everyone and no one at that party thought it was weird. They were so happy for me having a great time and it was just just fun. Like, yeah. And for me that was this moment of like oh, I found my people, you know, I don't have to hide this part of myself anymore. Yeah, you don't need to be ashamed and that is such... Such a revelation, I guess. Yeah. Especially, I think I'm. I we have very different stories. I'm very lucky um, that I've always been comfortable with my bisexuality, um, my kinkiness, and my polyamory. I think they're the three that I think about. Yep. Like I've always known, <clears throat> and I've never never experienced any shame I've always just accepted wow I've always just like oh yeah that's you like what you like and I think about them in the same way like you don't choose to be gay you you are gay right like you don't choose to be kinky it's just who you are it's just how your brain works I mean yeah so that's that's how I look at it so why why would I experience shame when I've it's just just who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I experience shame about a lot of things, but <laughs> not, not about those three things in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I'd say we're pretty much out of time. Typically, these episodes only go for half an hour. So we've definitely making it a bit I've of a rambled, longer one. No, this has enough. been so good to talk to you. And I have so many more things I want to ask you about. So I will, would love to have you back on the show. Um, in the future. I'd love to come back on. Yeah. Yeah. I want to dive into this, um, the polyamory stuff. And uh-huh. um, I really want to ask you all about your, because you're quite um, open about your your kinky side. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, again, like it, it kind of comes in like, I don't want to, um, I don't know the word for it, but I, I like, I'm out and proud yeah. <laughs> about everything. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's, it's a, actually, you've been a big inspiration for me and a great Aww. person to know um, very early on in my kink journey. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much for being on the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that we did this. <laughs> right. Till next time. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, all one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink.